Oh, buddy. We got a good one for you today. I am so pumped about this. A legend, a legend, Oakley Rob, a.k.a. Rob Verstegg, our first ever guest on the Iowa Cyclocross Podcast, episode eight, coming to you live on Halloween. Let's get spooky. All right. Today, I'm so stoked to welcome our very first guest to the Iowa Cyclocross podcast, the man, the myth, the Iowa Cyclocross legend, Oakley Rob. Happy Halloween, good sir. How couldn't be better, today? Jason. Thank you so much for having me. Happy Halloween to you as well. And uh, stoked to be here. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. First things first, since it is Halloween, uh, do you have a costume or did you have a costume this year? And furthermore... Everyone always wants to know what people's favorite candy is this time of year. So, start yeah, off with that. I, uh, I I do not have a costume. Although last night, um, unplanned, I went outside in an, an outfit that everybody called me a lumberjack. So I guess uh, flannel jeans and a pair of, of brown leather boots <laughs> makes you a lumberjack. Uh, my my eleven year old was a sloth, and so we made a pretty fantastic team of sloth and uh, and lumberjack. Uh, on the candy front, you know, we at our house we have a dad tax. And uh, the deal is I take her trick-or-treating, and then I get everything that has peanut butter in it. So uh, it's worked out well so far, nice. and uh, we'll keep doing it. So, yeah, if you, if you ever know my – want to know my weaknesses, it's definitely Reese's peanut butter anything. Oh, yeah. Peanut butter is always a good combination, peanut butter Got and it. chocolate. All right. Uh, let's start with the basics. Um, height, weight, height, weight uh, hair, eye color, social security number um, – that's that's obviously a joke but let, let let's start out uh tell us a little bit about yourself like where you're from what do you do that's yeah of well i've uh, i've called ankeny iowa home for the past 18 years uh prior to that i spent a few years in kansas city and before that i grew up in the mean streets of newton iowa so uh go red pride uh i i, I guess uh, yeah. the bills were paid as a, a sales manager for oakley uh, sunglasses, apparel, and whatnot, and I've been uh, I've been with them since '99. Aside from a, a two-year vision quest of of taking a stint at Specialized in Salsa Cycles, and so um, I'm a bike guy, and I currently work uh, work for Oakley doing bike and sport-related things. I've uh, been married for 21 glorious years, and have a couple kiddos to uh, to keep me busy. Very good. Um, so. Well, kind of that's a good segue into you've, you've worked in or around the bike industry so to speak for quite a while um from your perspective give us some insight into the industry like what's your favorite part of it um you know what it, what has changed and where do you see things kind of going in the oh future? man that's a that's a big a big and, and deep question uh you know naturally <laughs> the, the two things I love about the industry are the people. I don't think there are better people to work with or alongside in, in the whole wide world. You know, bike industry folk are, are pretty good folk. And, uh, and I've never really had a job outside the industry. So, you know, when you get a job at, in, in a, the local bike shop in 1987, sweeping floors and you know, fast forward to today, uh, it's all I know. And a lot has changed. Um, you know, I think that, uh, mm -hmm. as it changes, it gets better. I think it's better than it's ever been for the consumer. You know, if you want to get more people on more bicycles, I think right now they have more brands, better value, 
more places to buy bicycles, a better experience in store than they've ever possibly had. You know, you, you look at it over a 30 year timeline, you've seen a, a brand that really ran the industry, which was Schwinn bicycles. They're out of business and, and they're different now, but they were out of business yeah. and, and you have bikes that are, are, are direct to consumer like Canyon, which you've seen some of those, you know, in the, in the Des Moines race scene this fall and they're, they're pretty compelling bicycles. And so, you know, the industry's changed a lot. I, I think it's healthy for the, the folks that are in it. I think that, you know, they're, we're, we're seeing a good hard reset. There are certainly some shops going away and, and that's painful, but there's some really good um, experiential shops with great, you know, brand alignment and great consumer experience. And, and that's pretty, pretty cool to kind of see bike grow up where, you know, it used to be the, the dark and grimy, you know, back room was, was kind of what people thought of a bike shop. And now they're actually, you know, good, good retail experiences. So it's, it's pretty fun. Watch our, watch our little industry grow up. Yeah. 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 It's definitely evolved for sure. And it's, you know, kind of like, it's even surprising in the Des Moines area, how many people like you wouldn't necessarily suspect or peg as a weekend warrior cyclist but you know just talking with people you're you learn like oh yeah i bike i've biked here and there and it's it's more surprising you, you know it's it's always kind of surprising to me so i think especially in central iowa we're really lucky and it's become definitely a part of our local culture whether it's racing or not uh, yeah i think that that middle section which is the enthusiast you know there, there used to be kind of these two camps there was mm-hmm. recreational and it was the the price conscious pretty basic bicycle and then there was a racer that made you know made a product that nobody else really really went to and now you look at that enthusiast scene and there are people doing big rides and big adventures and big events and they need a a capable bicycle but they're not going to pin a number on and that segment of the industry is really developed and it's pretty cool to you know to see those riders that heck i don't know but i know they're doing more miles than me in a year and they're they're going out and doing these big things and that's that's pretty cool Mm mm-hmm all right, let's talk about cyclocross in Iowa a little bit. You've been around the scene for a while, and you um, kind of one of the pioneers in the early days. If you want to give us kind of like an oral history from your perspective or, you know, what was it like 20 years ago or so, um, you know, what's changed, what's remained the same? Yeah, for sure. You know, I can speak to the Des Moines scene. You know, years ago there was – kind of a state champs race that happened every year on a farm, I think like Cedar Rapids or Iowa city. And so it goes more OG than I guess when I came on, but you know, I moved back to Des Moines from, from Kansas city in 1999 and there was no cyclocross in Des Moines. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it, it, oddly enough, it started and was motivated very selfishly where I wanted to have cyclocross races here. Um, Kansas city had a pretty robust scene. Uh, we had nothing. And so, you know, Mark Hollander and I kind of decided to put a, a cross race on and, and see how it goes. And, you know, the rest is history. We had, I think, 30 people or less at that first race. It was on the Sycamore Mountain Bike Trail. So it wasn't really a cross course to nice. speak of. It rained like crazy. A, a <laughs> dam broke and people were swimming across the course. It was like all the most epic things that you could put in a bike race happening in one single day. Uh, but, you know, from there, it kind of sprouted and and the scene has just grown. It was 30 people and then it was 50 and then you know, you, you see a hundred people at a bike race and you kind of slap high fives and, and celebrate at the sizzler. And, uh, and then you have 200 people and it's just as kind of grown and grown and grown. And, uh, it's, it's pretty cool to think that this, this little thing in, in, you know, 1999 that we were doing for completely selfish reasons has turned into this, 
this thing with so many amazing promoters and so many great spectators and so many great participants. It's uh, it's pretty cool to see it grow up. Yeah. Yeah. And it, I mean, it's even, I haven't been around it that long, just uh, five, six years here, but it's amazing to see the growth. You know, they added cat five. I think that helped for some people make it a little more approachable. And just, I think in general, it's here in central Iowa, it's had some nice ties to kind of that enthusiast or even recreational riders where uh, unlike, you know, nothing against road racing, but road racing isn't maybe always the most approachable discipline or or mountain biking either. But I I would argue that mountain biking can be pretty approachable depending, but cyclocross while intimidating, it's, if nothing else, you see people having fun. And um, I think that's what makes it. Yeah. I think that that's, you know, what's stayed the same, I I think is that the engagement for, for all abilities has been um, pretty intentional. I think that crosses is a natural uh, pathway to that where you know you race for 45 or 60 minutes mm-hmm. you're never out for too long by the second lap nobody knows if you're in first or last place and so while there's this this fear of competing and this anxiety about doing it I also think it's a pretty easy place to just kind of get lost in the pack and and do it as seriously as you want to do uh, and it's it's great for you know like I said if it's in a park and you can take your kids and you can get in and out of a race in an hour it's it's pretty yeah. cool so I do think it's more inviting than than really any other discipline that we have in terms of uh, family and, and, and spectators, as well as uh, welcoming new folks to the scene. Yeah, definitely. All right. We got the like two most serious or probably in-depth questions out of the way. So we'll switch it up a little bit. Um, talk about some fun things, maybe a little different things, switching gears, unless you're a single speed. Um these are a little more, maybe a little more rapid yeah. fire question, but if you want to, if you want to mull them over for a while, that's cool too. So, um, beer or coffee or both or none, that's fine too. Uh, any, any, any of those? Uh, yeah, absolutely. The answer is both. Uh, ideally not at the same time. <laughs> uh, I kind of, I kind of do yeah. the, the 5 a.m. to 10 a.m. Coffee is a constant I'm not a, a coffee snob. It, it's hopefully better than gas station coffee, but it's not, it doesn't have to be a pour over. I'm a dark <laughs> roast, like the darker, the better. Let's just drink coffee. And then, you know, from five to 10 or later is beer. And, and again, I, I like it all. I've never met a beer that I won't drink. Um, I, I'm also <laughs> a, a big fan of, of fizzy yellow beer. That probably is from my, my new upbringing, but I, I stand firm by the, the, <laughs> the fact that Budweiser wouldn't put King of beers on their can if it wasn't indeed the King of beers. So, uh, you get a 12 pack of Budweiser and we're fast friends. <laughs> Sounds good. Now as a follow up, I'm going to make you get uncomfortable with what you just said. And do you, I'm always looking for suggestions for like coffee, local coffee. Well, I mean, it doesn't have to be local coffee. It can just be any coffee. And or um, brewery, if you or if you just have a favorite one, like do you have a favorite local coffee shop or type of coffee or um, and or same question for brewery? Uh, no kind of coffee? No, meaning I just go in and order whatever the the guy or gal behind the counter suggests. If I'm going to go to a coffee shop that's not set by appointment, like hey, we have to meet here, I'm going to go to Mars Cafe. Uh, I, I love it for the people watching. Nice. I love it to hang out. 
I love the vibe. Mm-hmm. I love it's local. It's uh, it's kind of my spot. So if, if I leave the house during my work day, I'm yeah. probably heading to Mars Cafe. Yeah, and then as far as nice. brewery, like I, I like them all. Again, I'm I'm Ankeny guy, and so Fire Trucker is a pretty darn easy one to get to. But uh, man, it's it's that that yeah. scene, the the brewery scene in in Des Moines and then Central Iowa is is so crazy. Like there are probably ten of them I don't even know of. I just can't keep up. So it's uh it's pretty fun. Yeah. And and I've always found it cool too that like a lot of the breweries have realized um, there's definitely a good connection to the um, cyclists in the area, and a lot of them have like specifically chosen to locate on or near bike trails. And I think that's really cool that you can just, you know, step right off the bike trail and you're at this brewery. And that's, I think that's pretty. Unique. Absolutely. Accessibility pretty is, cool. is cool. It makes it so you have many to choose from, you know, to your point, fire trucker is basically yeah. on the bike path and confluence. I mean, there's a bunch of different options yep. and it's pretty cool to get there by bicycle and, and not have it be a pain in the butt. So yeah, kudos to the breweries out there. Yeah, definitely. All right. Uh, similarly, uh, what do you like to eat? Do you have a favorite local restaurant? Man, I, uh, what do I like to eat? Uh, I like to eat everything. I'm kind of a garbage disposal. And I, I think that's a byproduct of my wife. <laughs> Bless her is a super healthy eater. So no red meat, very little meat at all. Yeah. Uh, a lot of greens, a lot of like, let's do everything right. And so when I leave the house, I'm, I'm typically going for the the greasiest pizza or the biggest cheeseburger I can find. So we make a pretty, a pretty uh, good polar opposite duo that way. But, but she keeps me in line 85% of the time. And then that, that 15%, I'm typically going for something pretty, uh, pretty unhealthy, which I'm, I'm okay with Uh, all things in moderation, including moderation. Uh, You know, I I know it sounds, you know, like, like it's a gimme because he's a part of the cycling community. But when I went to Sakari for the first time, I didn't know Jason as a, as a cyclist. Um, I knew him as a guy that had a pretty cool restaurant. And so, you know, our, our date night location, mm-hmm. oftentimes if I'm going to go out to eat and there's a local place in Sakari. So kudos to Jason and, and their crew. Oh, yeah, and uh, that's, that's our spot for sure. Yeah, I agree. That's a good one. And it's way too close to where I live. So it, it can be dangerous, but yeah, he, he does a good job. Um, again, another business that supports the, cycling community so we're happy to give them a shout out absolutely nice job Simpson. yeah and every time you go in there if he's there it seems like he comes up well i mean one he knows like just about everyone that come walks through his door but it, it seems like he comes up and always is offering his um plum sake i'll tell you what man that place like, will get so. you in trouble let me tell you a quick jason simpson story the first time i took my wife in there my wife's name is tori by the way uh, he comes in and sits at our table. I know him just kind of in passing. Tori doesn't. And he sits down. He starts, he starts basically, I think he's hitting on my wife. I'm like, what is going on? And at the end of the day, he like starts talking about her hair color is like harvest moon. or I don't know what the hell it was. But end of the day, like he, Jason used to work in like a salon, owned a salon and did all that. And so it was the most bizarro yeah, thing in yeah. the world. Uh, Jason Simpson has a lot of layers to him. God bless him. But uh we still oh, joke about it, but yeah, I straight up thought he was hitting on my wife and it wasn't cool and it, it ended up being a pretty great night. So <laughs> there you go. Jason Simpson, everybody. <laughs> yeah, he is a character for sure. All right. Uh, music. Do you, do you like music? I do. Is that a, is that like in general or, uh, or specific? Yeah. I mean, okay. So like, uh, what do you have like, um, a favorite genre or 
artist or band? What, what do you Dude, use I, I like a lot of different things. I, I'm not like set on a genre and it's kind of depending on what I'm doing and where I'm at and who I'm with. And, you know, I grew up in yeah, the bike yeah, shop yeah. and, and Marty, who owned the bike shop, forced me as a, a teenage kid to listen to a lot of Beatles and Zeppelin and things that were cool, but like weren't necessarily <laughs> the coolest at that time of, of my life. And so I have an appreciation for that. But like, sure. I mean, as an example, I'm a huge Food Fighters fan. I'm probably listening to Food Fighters more than anything mm-hmm. right now. I saw them in concert. And then, you know, a month ago, I went to Lyle Lovett at, at Hoy Sherman. And so that kind of gives you an idea of my, nice. my span. Uh, right now, oddly enough, I'm probably oh, yeah. listening to more Weezer than... I ever would have imagined I would. And, and it's, <laughs> it's cool because they've become this, this band that's spanning generations. My 11 year old is like, man, this song Africa is, is kind of cool. And so I'm now making her listen to like yeah. the original Weezer album from 94. And it's like, she's kind of right. getting like, Oh, they're not just this new band. And then it's like, Hey, by the way, this was a remake of a song from 1982. And it's, it's pretty <laughs> cool. So Weezer is oddly enough in my, uh, my normal rotation of music more times than not these days. Yeah, definitely. So what what is your take? You see, I, I didn't even know Weezer had done this cover. And then I heard about it like someone was talking about it on the radio. And I was like, oh, I got to go look this up because I hadn't heard. I mean, I, I, I follow Weezer somewhat. You know, they were here at 8035 yeah. a few years ago and I saw them. But what what's your take on their cover? Of- well, uh, first of all, I was I mean, I don't know what year you were born, but uh, like, that was a song that I heard on the radio all the time in in the original version. And yeah, so right. I, obviously you hear it. And I think they do a pretty dang good job of covering that song. I think it's pretty cool. I, I I'll give it an A. I don't know. I guess you have to like the original to like the second one, probably. But I think Weezer's cover of, of Africa yeah. was was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Have you ever seen Weezer? Dude, I haven't. Concert? I was out of town for work when they were here at eighty thirty five, and I've never seen them in concert. But it's yeah. probably probably one I should take my kid to. That yeah. would be pretty cool. Well, yeah, they are they are coming to Wells Fargo. I think maybe next spring or something with the Pixies. Yeah, I'll, I uh, oh, that's right. They are coming something with the Pixies. Like so yeah, mark me down. I'll be there. I'll I'll give you a review when it's here. <laughs> All right, that's a deal. Okay. Um, a little bit back more to cycling. Um, what type of riding do you do? If you have a favorite discipline, what, what would it be? Man, that's tricky because as I've gotten older and, and as these, these different segments of cycling have blurred together, I guess I just call myself a cyclist. I, I definitely, I definitely self-identify yeah. as yeah. a mountain biker. And I think that's just a, as a byproduct of that's kind of how I grew up and, and what I did before cyclocross was a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it, but mm-hmm. I mean, cross is my favorite discipline for all the reasons we spoke about earlier. It's, it's great to do. It's horrible, hard, whether you're in shape or not in shape. Uh, it's an amazing thing <laughs> to bring the family to and have the spectators literally be in the event. You know, it's mountain biking is a, a horribly boring thing to take a spectator to. And so, uh, yeah, I think, uh, yeah. I think if I'm going to, if I'm going to pick a discipline, it's going to be cyclocross because of, of how family and, and, and community friendly it is for sure. Very good. Uh, if, or when you're not biking, what are you doing? Well, if I'm not, first of all, if I'm not working, which takes a lot of time, I'm probably, <laughs> I'm probably either yeah. taking my 11 year old to wherever she needs to go as a taxi driver or I'm, I'm, I'm watching one of my two kiddos in basketball, show choir, jazz band, marching band, horse riding, like all the things you do when you're, when you're dad. So it's kind of work and, and, and wife and kid nice. stuff. And then unfortunately, and I shouldn't say unfortunately because I wouldn't change it for the world, but 
we have a busy family, you know, cycling is you kind of get it in when you fit it in. It's a, uh, I ride as, as I'm happy sure, with how much sure. I ride, but you know, you're never right enough. Right. No. Right. There's, yeah, there's always, there's always more. You yeah, for sure. But yeah, there's only so many Amen to that. Day, for sure. So, um, what's your ideal day on a bike look like? Uh, what type of ride is it? Who are you riding with? Where are you riding at? And this, this doesn't have to be some ride that you've already created unless you think you've already created the perfect ride, but, um, you know, it's, you know, hypothetically, uh, what, what would your perfect? Yeah, dude, I, I've, I've answered this a lot to people when they say like, what do you do? And I'm going to answer <laughs> the same way to you. Like, I've ridden a bunch of different places and, and if you've ever taken a, a, a cycling vacation, it's super cool, but I still, I, I love what you find out your back door. I've always been a, what can you find out your back door type of guy. And so that's what I would say. If I, if I can choose it, I wouldn't travel any place. I would have all day. I would, I would go out and it can either be on a gravel, you know, ride or ride mountain bikes. And, you know, hopefully you get a little lost. Hopefully you get a little tired. Hopefully you ride with, with <laughs> guys and gals that, you love to spend the day with and hopefully those are people that you know you can mix a tempo up i like to call it party pace that you just kind of ride and shoot the breeze and and enjoy the day and then obviously if you if you ride with friends you know that at some point you you throw daggers at each other and so i think that you know my ride is best done with friends and it's it's all day and it's going to find a spot we've never been to before um and and naturally you know i i, I love to ride with people i've never ridden with before but uh you know if i'm going to go and pick it and we're going to plan an all-day ride it's going to be with the uh, the usual suspects that I go and, and, and get lost and get in trouble with on bicycles is going to be the Kyle of the world, Hicks, Webb, Meharry, Fuller, yeah. and Hartog. Yeah. Yeah, you know, those, those guys that are my go-tos yeah. for, for group rides and, and all day exploration. Very cool. Um, kind of related. Do you have a favorite local place to ride? And then also, um, you know, maybe do you have a favorite place you've ridden outside of like oh dude i i don't even know what i would say is my favorite place i mean to 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 think about like land run and and dirty konza which are these you know big well-known community driven gravel Mm -hmm. events like those are kind Mm -hmm. of bucket list items Mm -hmm. that if you've ever been or you ever go you'll you'll probably say the same thing like those experiences i don't know if dirty konza without the people would be like the best place in the world to ride but man, that place is, uh, is electric when you're there that day and doing that event, you know, Leadville, you know, I've had these, yeah. I've had the opportunity to go ride in these really cool places. Uh, you know, oddly enough, if I was going to say a place I've ridden that maybe you wouldn't expect that I would go back in a heartbeat is, uh, you know, big Bend national park at the very, very Southern end of Texas. It's in absolutely the middle of nowhere. Hmm. Um, before bikepacking was a thing, I'm talking like 96, um, Craig Cooper and I coop that owns bikes to you. Um, we went down there and did a week long, uh, fire Jeep road, um, trip where we, we put racks on rock shock forks with hose clamps and we figured out how to carry all of our crap with us. <laughs> and, uh, that was a place I've been there twice. I've done the same thing two times. It's a place that's near and dear to my heart. It's a really cool place to ride. And, and, you know, 20 some years later, it'd be super cool to, to go back there with the technology we have today and do that same loop. So if I'm going to, if I'm going to tell you a destination that was pretty compelling and pretty cool, it would be, it'll be big bend in Texas. Nice. Very cool. Um, what of your, of your current bikes that you have, uh, what's your favorite? And then, uh, similar, 
what what's your dream bike or ideal bike if you could if you could have one and that's like the most loaded question of the century uh i i, I don't have dream <laughs> bikes and I, like telling you what my favorite bike is would be like telling you what my my perfect or my favorite kid is and i don't have one um uh, you know i i for those that know me i change bikes pretty often and and it's surely driven on like right. trying to find that that best bike you know i i adopt <laughs> Oddly enough, I just try to adopt trends pretty early. I mean, currently my mountain bike is a, a full suspension 29 plus wheel size mountain bike. And my gravel bike is the, the new specialized diverge. It has the, you know, the future shock on the front. So I'm riding a suspended gravel bike and a 29 plus mountain bike. Um, and so, you know, I always look for those bikes that are, are more capable than the one before it. You know, I, I, I look at like a drop bar bike right now and to think that with some tire changes, you could take a bike that's perfect for cross perfect for chunky gravel or light single track and, and with the right wheels or, or tire change, you can go race a crit. Like those are bikes that appeal to me. Um, so you look at how fast the industry is changing and how much bike you can get now for, you know, three grand, let's say versus, you know, eight grand a few years ago, there's a ton of capable bikes out there and man, I don't have a favorite. They're all pretty cool. I don't, I don't keep bikes for long enough to say I have a favorite except for I have a 1997, steelman cyclocross bike that i i bought um, actually before i i got married it was the last purchase i made before i i got married and uh man that thing has been around i've never sold it i ride it probably more than any bicycle it has fenders on it sometimes it doesn't it's on my trainer it it gets ridden with flat bars like that's been the <laughs> the one bike that I, i've never sold and probably never will yeah that's awesome it's kind of cool to have bikes like that where it's almost just a constant in your life, so to speak. So yeah, for sure. Pretty cool. Um, all right. Just a few more, uh, playing favorites. And this is probably a loaded question too. Uh, do you have a favorite local bike shop and why? Man, I would be dead meat if I said that I had a, a favorite bike <laughs> shop because I love all the kids at all the shops that I'm, I'm fortunate enough to have relationships and go into, but I, I will answer. So, you know, Beaverdale, Bike World, Rassies, anybody else listening, this is not a slight, but I'm going to, I'm going to give a shop and tell you why. And, and the bike shop that, that I go to most frequently is Kyle's Bikes. Um, naturally, I've known Kyle for a hundred years. He's a great dude, but I, he is truly my local bike shop. He is like three quarters of a mile or less from my front door, uh, tree like family. The doors are always open if I'm going to say support your local bike shop, it would be disingenuous for me to, to, to say that and then tell you to, you know, shop at a bike shop 30 miles away. So I love them all, but, uh, but Kyle is my local bike shop. Right. I, I totally get that. I mean, I, I personally too, am a, a lot of times I'm more, it's a convenience, a geographic thing. And I know a person or two at most of the shops. So, I mean, I agree. Absolutely. Great. We are we're, super we're pretty lucky. lucky. So, you know, Ed and Jen, Forrest, Biff, Joe, Sterling, the list of them I long love yep. you guys. It's, uh, yeah, we, we are super fortunate to have yeah. amazing bike shops in our, uh, in our backyard. So they're all pretty cool. Support, support the one that supports definitely. you and, and shop local. Yeah, definitely. Um, what is your favorite local bike event? Uh, hands down. And, and I want to kind of, put the asterisk by it it's not because it's a race that i've helped be a part of but dude if you haven't done the gents <laughs> race the gents race is hands down for me like the best event in our scene and it's it's because we've found a way to have 
300 or more people on bikes on the same course at the same time. They're all having an experience. They're all out for something. Some are trying to go fast. Some are trying to get their, their teammates through the day. Some are trying to just finish the dang thing. At the end, there's a party that everybody's at telling stories and living life together as a cycling community, not a race community or a ride community, but the cycling community. And uh, man, if we can do all of that and do it for a good cause, you know, creating opportunity to make a give to, you know, an organization, dude, that, that is what bike racing to me is right now is how do we take people that from all, all disciplines, all abilities, put them out. They all have fun. And if we can do all of that and do it for a good cause, I'll, I'll do a hundred of those a year if I can. Yeah, I would totally agree. I, I was hoping I was kind of setting you up <laughs> on that question, giving you a nice easy one, but uh, yeah, totally agree. It's, it's awesome for all the reasons you mentioned. Um, all right. Almost done here. Uh, any social media accounts, social media accounts, yours or others you'd like to promote or give a shout out to? Dude, I'm an old guy that like social media. Like I don't, uh, you <laughs> kids and your Twitters, like I'm not, I'm not doing it. I'm going to tell you the, the <laughs> websites. Obviously, first and foremost, it'd be crazy if I didn't tell you to go to bikeiowa.com. Uh, you know, Scott putting everything out for our, for our scene. It's pretty cool that we have something like that in our scene, just like the amazing bike shops and the brews you can get to by bike and all of those things yeah. in terms of like the place I go and just kind of get the, the what's what of cycling every day is the Radivist. Um, you know, that dude, you know, John probably does an amazing job. It's, it's not a mountain bike site. It's not a race site. It's a bike site. He covers the, the scene, the mm -hmm. culture the events taking place. And, uh, so whether it's on Instagram, whether it's on, you know, online, whatever it is, like the Radivist is kind of my go-to for all things bicycles. Very good. Those are great choices. Um, okay. Paying it forward and also kind of putting someone on the spot, maybe. Uh, who should I reach out to for an interview for the next podcast? Who, who are you going to? Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna give you um, a challenge for it to be two somebodies. Are you ready? Yeah, I mean, you can you can spew off as many names as you want well, no i know no this like needs to be say, a dual interview i want this to be i want this to be two people in the same interview oh, so i'm throwing it out there and and let's oh, bring yes. it let's just come in hot yes we can definitely do that. so I, I would love i'm gonna i'm gonna lead with the one i want to be interviewed and then the one that can kind of join in okay i i, I want to hear from angie okay. instead you know if you if you don't know angie she's this silent assassin um she's coming in hot to the scene um she's she's quiet and then you get to know her and she's she's super cool and she's super dynamic and i would love her and james who is this this young gun doing a lot of cool things in our scene uh i would like to hear them interview together um because i would like james to you know have a voice too and and i want to know what he thinks about being the inferior armstead so um i, I think that they should be interviewed together <laughs> those are fun i love him i mean he knows i love him but come on <laughs> oh yeah everyone, everyone well almost everyone loves james yeah, but he's not the people's champ yeah That's exactly he's not right the you, champ, you can't make that stuff up yeah all right i i think that sounds like an awesome plan and i'm sure they will be totally down to do that i so, can't wait uh angie and james you'll 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 be hearing from me um okay uh rob do you have anything else you'd like to add to the to the podcast advice for 
people listening before we wrap things up? Dude, first of all, I'll give you a shout out. Jason, thank you for doing this podcast. It's pretty cool to have this be part of our, our local scene. Uh, it's been fun to, to hear it here through the you know, last few races and kind of the updates and the progression is made. So thanks for doing what you do. Uh, I don't really have any advice, dude. Nobody wants to hear from an old guy. I've been at it for a while. And uh, why don't you ask Angie some advice? She can probably give it to you better than I can. Okay. Well, with that, I'd like to thank uh, Rob Versteg for joining us on our first ever guest interview on the Iowa Cyclocross podcast. Um, and yeah, hopefully this is the beginning of many guest interviews. Thanks for having so me. Thank you, Rob. Have a great day. Yep, you too.